I gotta do is act naturally. Well, I'll bet you I'm gonna be a big star. Might win an Oscar, you can never tell. The movie's gonna make me a big star. It's an insult already. I've already been insulted. We're not even on the air yet. At the movies, Noel T. Manning II. Well, beside camera one, we've got a guy that may never show his face on film again, uh, John Connor. John Connor, you <laughs> may never be back again on uh, on the big screen. Are we going to go there? No, I don't think so. Let's go there. Well, just because of uh, how uh, poorly it's doing in the box uh, office. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Greg Tillman, that is Greg Tillman. I am the old team man in the second. Uh, Thomas Manning uh, to my right, uh, hanging uh, out with a Spider-Man shirt all night. Right. Nice new shirt, like that, man. Yeah, appreciate good deal. it. Good deal. Uh, Tim and Derek, I think, are back here on the Tim Cam. <laughs> yeah, Derek. Derek is like this little um, what is it? A weasel that pops up. Pop goes the weasel. Yeah, I've always thought he's. Yeah, pop goes the weasel. Kind of a bit is. of a weasel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know where he's going to show up, Tim. Tim, what is Tim's not doing his job? He's not keeping him in. Uh, Tim's just lonely in there, and he'll take any company he can get. <laughs> It's I like sad, it. really. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, welcome to Meet Me the Movies. Uh, we've got a lot of movies to try to talk about uh, this yeah. week, and you're, you took a sick day, but yet you came in to do the show. I'm dedicated to my profession. Yeah, and you know we appreciate it, and we're and I feel worse than I look. <laughs> if, if that's hard to believe, really? I know. Really? But, well, that's, that's but I'm, awesome. I'm trying to pump it up for the camera yeah. and show trying must go energy. on kind of thing. You know. I like it. Besides, if I doze off a little bit from the drugs, you know. <laughs> we'll just let Thomas carry the yeah, show after yeah. that. He usually does anyway. Well, well, uh, there are several movies to talk about. Uh, we're going to get to Terminator uh, Dark Fate uh, later in the show. Also, we've got a movie called Parasite that is not a horror film, uh, not in the true sense of, of what you think of with horror. It's not about monsters or, or uh, like creature monsters. But uh, we're going to talk about that, and it's a, a Korean-made film, and Thomas and I got a chance to check that out. And uh, it's a big moneymaker talking oh, about yeah. a film that is making some money, Parasite. And uh, we're going to talk about Midway. I want to dive into Midway. Um, you know, this is a film that's, uh, that's based on uh, World War II, and the film itself follows from Pearl Harbor all the way to the Battle of Midway. Uh, Roland Emmerich uh, directed this, produced this. He had military supervisors uh, on hand that kind of gave the realistic authenticity that you would hope you would see uh, in a film like this. You know, it, it's anything you think of when you think about Roland Emmerich. You think about explosions, yep. you think about special effects, you think about sound design. Those yep. are all things that kind of roll into what you think Big about. budget. Big budget. Yeah, Tempole movies. Um, got a chance to interview him recently yeah. a couple, with a couple of cast members. And next week we're going to be able to provide that to you on this show. So I'm looking okay. forward to doing that so you can get a kind of a taste uh, of, of what he put into this film. Will Midway still be in the theaters? Yeah, Next it will. Week? It okay. will. You know, it it, uh, it it for opening weekend it was number one. Didn't make a ton of money, but okay. it did open up at number one. Uh, and I I will recommend checking it out if you're a history buff. Uh, if you'd like war films, uh, it is a long film, uh, two hours eighteen minutes. Um, the time could have been shaved off a bit on this film, but if you uh, but the things that really worked for this, uh, the special effects, the sound design. Um, the the visuals and this is a movie where you talk about battles you're seeing battles on sea and in the air and they were phenomenal to look at absolutely phenomenal to look at huge cast uh, a lot of faces that you would recognize maybe not names Woody right. Harrelson's name you definitely would right. would recognize 
But, uh, but there are the other faces and names that you may not, that you say, yeah, I've seen that person, know that person. So a lot of um, actors that have, had, that have had talent, that have been out there. Uh, the story is, is really a, a story about two sides of war. And if you want to throw in family uh, and honor and loyalty, all those things are, are, are drawn into it as well. You're not just seeing the American side, so it's not. This is not an American propaganda kind of film. Right, kind of like Torah, Torah, Torah was. Right, or if you go back to John Ford, who actually shot uh, the kind of a, a 50 minute documentary of Midway, right. uh, and he was there when it when uh, when it was happening. Uh, it's not that kind of film. This is a film that shows you both sides and right. it shows the humanity that's on both sides. And that's one of the things I really liked about this is uh, that you really got a sense for, you know, as bad as you know, we have, uh, have said, okay, they're the enemy. Yeah, they're the enemy, but they had purpose as well. Uh, they weren't just out there to destroy and dominate. Right. And uh, you get a sense of that here. Even at the end of the film, it was dedicated to the Americans and the Japanese who lost their lives uh, on land and sea. Uh, there are a lot of storylines going on, and uh, that's one of the drawbacks for this. Uh, it's a film that is based not just on true story, but it's all ba also based on true characters. And so uh, at the very end of the film, you get a chance to see what happened to those oh, actual characters. That's interesting. So the names, uh, the names that show up uh, are, are actual people that, that took part. And I think Emmerich was really trying to show a slice of history that maybe hadn't been shown before by doing that. And so with all of those different storylines, there were times Aaron Eckert is in this film. In his role, he's on screen like maybe five minutes. Mm -hmm. But his role was significant to um, uh, allowing Midway to happen. And that's why Emmerich wanted to show this. So for most audiences that go in, uh, you know, this is not a check your brain at the door kind of thing. You really have to keep up with what's going on. Um, some of the edits I have problems with because you would transition between a war room uh, that was happening in Japan and then a war room that was happening in the U.S. And sometimes you're like, okay, where am I now? Asking yourself that question. As far as historical dramas go, is it better than Pearl Harbor was years ago? The one with Ben Affleck? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's better than that one. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I gave it a solid B. Uh, it's, a, it's a good film, not a great film. It did have its holes, but uh, for Veterans Day weekend, it was a great kind of uh, getaway to to check right. that out. And I, and I always, always enjoy uh, films that focus on uh, historical um, actions and, and uh, historical facts. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, even if they tr uh, stretch it a little bit, if it makes you go back and investigate, I think it's done yeah. part of its job. So yeah. a B for Midway. Film that I mentioned earlier that is not uh, about war, uh, unless you look at social warfare. Uh, it's a movie called Parasite, and uh, this is a Korean-made film, and uh, it's making some bucks, Thomas. Yeah, yeah so uh, it, on a budget of $11 million, it has made $113 million worldwide, including... Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, I think like $11 million in the United States, which for a South Korean film, very limited release in the United States, that's really solid. Uh, it's per theater average is really high as well, but yeah, internationally, it's definitely cleaning up. Yeah, it's, it's a film that, um, that looks at social struggle and it looks at it from the standpoint of those who have way too much and those who have way too little and even those that have beyond way too little. Dive in and share yeah. some thoughts about the story and there are multiple things that are happening, so we're not going to give away the whole story. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's the true definition of a genre mashup. It's it's a family drama. It's a social satire, social um, social commentary. It's a dark comedy. It's like a Soderbergh-esque heist thriller type thing. And you've got some Hitchcock influences yeah. there, suspense and twists and turns, shots and you throw around in every some corner. Quentin Tarantino in yeah, it as yeah, well. Yeah, some Tarantino level dialogue and just the way the scenes are constructed, just 10 to 15 minutes straight of people having a conversation and uh, just building and building some of the suspense and the tension. And uh, it's one of the most unique films I've seen in a really long time. Uh, because the first hour, it really is, it, it's like a heist dramedy almost. It is. And, it really is. And then there's something that happens like right right past the one hour mark and it just takes this complete like 180 degree turn and some films try to do stuff like that and it just doesn't work but for this one there's something about the way uh, directed by uh, Bong Joon-ho I believe is how you pronounce the name. If, That's exactly I, how you pronounce his name today. If I'm butchering it then <laughs> I apologize but uh, yeah but the way he directed this is unlike anything I've seen in a really long time. It's incredibly creative, and it is a film that you find yourself laughing one minute, and then the next se the next second you're holding your breath, going, "Whoa, what is going on here?" Mm -hmm. And it does take you in all these different directions. It is remarkable. It is one of the most creative films, and for it to be a, a foreign language film, you have to you have to truly immerse yourself and engage yourself in it because you're reading subtitles unless uh, you you speak you know you speak Korean. Yeah. And uh, after about five minutes, you know, and I, and I love watching foreign language films. Right. I don't have any problem watching foreign language films. I even watch open caption films at the AMC if it's at the showtime I want. So I don't. Yeah. I don't so, have, uh, so many people don't like it. And they miss out on so much. They really yeah. do. And it, it, that doesn't bother me. I yeah. mean, I think if you refuse to engage in foreign language films because you're afraid of the subtitles, you're missing some great cinema. And this yeah. is a great example yeah. of it. Several years ago, I talked about a film called A Taxi Driver mm -hmm. that I really loved. Also, Battleship Island, which were both Korean films, and they Train were Train to Busan, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Zombie wow, flick that's, we and that's and the, filmmaking, film. the filmmaking that's happening yeah. in, in South Korea is, is absolutely incredible. And this is another example yeah. of it. This film just speaks on so many different levels, and you've got this storyline is you've got this family that's living in kind of this subterranean basement. Yeah. They've got yeah. slivers of light coming through these windows and they're, it's a family of four and they're trying everything to survive. They're literally below the poverty line. Absolutely. Uh, just they live in a basement below ground level. Right, and, and you've got, at times you've got a bum that's going and he's you know, basically um, doing his business on their windows outside so they can see him you know, using their wow. outside as a bathroom. So that's how, how bad off they are. But something happens and... Does it count as a room with a view? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go for that view. Tim might, but wow. um, I wouldn't... Uh, no. What the heck what is the heck? Wrong? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the kind of view that I would stay I away from. Halloween was over. <laughs> but something happens and they end up um, finding a way to work for some very wealthy people. Yes. And uh, through a series of other things... Um, you, you find that the con is on, and once the con is on, uh, it, it becomes yeah. crazy. Yeah. It becomes absolutely crazy. And the more I watched it, the more I loved it. Yeah. 
and I could not turn away. Um, I never left the theater, and the movie is it's over two it's hours long. Two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two hours and 12 minutes, so we're two hours and 18 minutes of Midway felt a little long. This did not because yeah, there was yeah. so much going on. Yeah, it just clips by. Um, the way the pacing is handled is just excellent. Um, but some people might find it to be a little bit overwhelming with how much is going on, but if you're fully committed to it and really focused on the things that are transpiring and going with an open mind, you'll just be absolutely blown away with the way that uh, the directors and the writers are able to balance everything so well. Like there's so many different uh, commentaries that they touch upon. Um, there's like, oh, well, they look. They look yeah. at. They look at madness. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It, what does it take to send somebody over yeah. the edge? Um, well, I could tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> they Tim could too. Probably. They, look, they look, do look at those who uh, who have wealth and yeah. those who have nothing, um, but they also look at some other things like as well. uh, social isolation. Uh, yeah. They definitely the most obvious example is the class system and the just extremes between the highs and the lows of the class system. And we were talking about this and we were on the same page with Joker. We felt that Joker couldn't quite find what it was they were trying to say with the film. But we think this one touched on many of the same themes as Joker in a much more coherent fashion. I think so too. I think it did it in a better way. I mean, the, the, you don't have the acting of Phoenix that stands out. I mean, all the cast is solid in this and you've got, you're not just looking at one solitary character. But uh, I, I was just blown away. Um, uh, one of my film critics from, uh, from Canada, uh, Eric, who has a show called Cinema Scene, recommended this about a month ago, I guess. And so I said, okay, I've got to check it out. He said, it's one of his best of the year. And says, okay, it's on my list to check out. So there's a great article on IndieWire.com that details the production design. Uh, so this rich, high-class level house that, uh, these, that our main characters kind of blend into the family. So this house was actually built specifically for this film. Really? Um, and um, it's within the story, it's like this famous architect built this house. Kind of like a house. Frank Lloyd yeah, Wright yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, it's a fictional architect, but that's a big part of the plot line. And um, this house, the way they arranged it, the way the production designers, the uh, director of photography, and the director, they all came together and had to make sure like that all of the the geometrics of this house, the lighting styles, um, everything fit perfectly to get the framing and the camera movements just perfect. And uh, there's a great article I'd highly recommend checking out okay. that kind of details that. I'll so, check that out. Yeah. Yeah, cinematography is stellar. I mean, you, you felt claustrophobic at yeah. times, and then other times you were just... You, you could you were, catch a breath finally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so sound design, the score yeah. was well done. I mean, this was, this was probably as solid and as perfect of a film as I've seen. Yeah. And so solid A plus for me for the movie is called Parasite. Yeah. yeah, A plus as well for me. They're one of the best of the year without a doubt. Yeah, and it's a film that we can continue to talk about. Uh, Thomas and I did that on the way home yeah. and we, we're still yeah. talking about it even a day later. Uh, we're gonna take a quick intermission. We're gonna come back and talk about uh, Terminator Dark Fate. We're gonna see what the fate is for this franchise right after this intermission.
Cakes and cookies, toys and gifts. Christmas at your fingertips. It's the shopping event of the season. The Southern Christmas Show. November 14th through 24th at the Park Expo and Conference Center. Explore a woodland Christmas with forest-inspired decorations for the merriest time of year. And shop hundreds of booths to find one-of-a-kind gifts for everyone on your list. Buy tickets online and save at southernchristmasshow.com. Let's go to the Southern Christmas Show. Chef Paul Prudhomme once said, you don't need a silver fork to eat good food. Well, on Cleveland County Kitchen, we don't have a silver fork, but we sure do serve up lots of good food. Hi, I'm Deborah Blanton. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Each month, we offer a complete farm-to-table experience. We visit local growers, we learn about nutrition, and wrap things up with wonderful meals prepared by our guest chefs. It's a lot of fun. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. At CCC, we're all about training students for exciting careers. Our Barber Academy is a great example. Did you know jobs for barbers, stylists, and other related fields are increasing? Competition for the best jobs will be strong. With your CCC training, you'll have a definite edge. Our courses give you the skills and knowledge you need to sit for North Carolina's Apprentice Barber Exam. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our Barber Academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. I'm Noel T. Manning II here hanging out with uh, Greg Tillman over there beside camera one. Greg Tillman. Uh, you got uh, Thomas Manning over here to my right, and uh, back there making everything happen is uh, Tim and the Weasel. That's right, Tim and the Weasel, Derek the Weasel. Uh, good, good to see you guys. That sounds Thanks like a movie title. <laughs> Derek the Weasel, only in theaters this weekend. <laughs> it's going to bomb, though. You Speaking of uh, films that are probably only going to be in theaters for another weekend, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Terminator Dark Fate. This is like the 12th uh, Terminator in the franchise i'm exaggerating i think it's the fifth it's the sixth fifth or sixth sixth in the franchise yeah. uh, well we'll get email uh, if we're not counting the sarah connor chronicles on which tv which i like sarah connor yeah. chronicles but dark fate you got uh, sarah connor back right. you got uh, arnold back again even though he's a different terminator but is he uh, I'm going to let Greg start because Greg uh, got don't a chance do this to, to me. Yeah, you're going to You're going to set me up, aren't you? I am setting you up, and I'm going to uh, let you share Look, your I don't care what you say after this. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think it was the best one, and maybe that's not saying much, but it's the best one since Judgment Day. Okay. Why? Huh? Why? Defend your uh, points. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Hey, Tim, you going to let him talk to me this way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I thought the characters I, I thought the characters were drawn better than any of the previous films since Judgment Day. Okay. I, Have I you seen the other ones? Yes. Okay. 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 Well, just ask him. There, there's something visceral about seeing Arnold and Linda Hamilton back on, right. on screen. There's that nostalgia quality to it. I know that's not enough to carry a 180 million dollar movie, uh, and it wasn't without its flaws. It was, it was too noisy. Now, if you've seen the first one, and I know you have, it's yep. just, it's a non-stop roller coaster for the most part, except for a few minor scenes. They slowed it down and put the brakes on a little bit more in Judgment Day. 
they could have braked a little bit more in this one. But I, I just, I, I thought it worked. Thought okay. it worked. And the, the first scene, I don't know, is that is that what turns you off? That, that spoiler? That, uh, well, we're not talking, we won't have to necessarily have time. No, not really. No, yeah, it didn't. Because yeah. that, that, a lot of people no, didn't no, like it, that. Actually, yeah. that was probably one of the I thought things. It, I thought it was creative. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, were some, there were some creative plot twists yeah. Uh, yeah. in this film. Uh, that's one of the things that they, I think they did well. Yeah. Um, I felt like the action sequences for me were recycled. I felt like I was watching the same thing I saw in Judgment Day. Yeah. Uh, with with the car chases, I feel like we have. I feel like I've seen that before. What about the plane crash slash? I mean, there were some too dark. Like, yeah, I mean, it was when, not lit very well. Yeah, it was not lit very well in the theater we were in. I mean, when they when they crashed in the water and they were battling, I'm like, okay, See, I, I guess they're fighting. I, maybe it's the theater because I saw it maybe. in Boone and, and okay. I didn't have any trouble at all. Okay, maybe so, it was a projector issue. Uh, but I just I, there was a lot of noise, and, right. and I think that's one of the things that I, and I didn't go there, but I almost said. This almost feels like that last Transformers film where it was just noise, noise, noise at every turn. Ooh, Zane it Gray, wasn't there. If Zane Gray is watching this, he will he will not <laughs> approve of that comment. It but, wasn't. Uh, it who's wasn't. And I'm, not, and I'm not talking about Bumblebee. Yeah. I'm talking about oh, yeah. the other one. Yeah, yeah, I know. Still, um, yeah. But it, it just, for me, it just felt like I, I was watching the same thing again without a lot to pull me in. I didn't think the acting was as solid this time. I, I didn't feel that the characters were as engaging for me this time. It just, I, I felt, I honestly felt like um, an AI had kind of directed and written and was really? starring in this thing. Yeah. I really? really did. It just, I, just I, thought, I thought it had a little more heart to it than, well, than and what I, I've seen I felt, in a while. I felt it didn't, it, yeah. for me, it did, really? I didn't feel the heart or the soul. Um, yeah, so one thing that I noticed looking at the credits was there were six credited, credited writers that worked on it on different stages in the project, and that's something... That's usually that, a bad sign. Yeah, 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 and that's something that I could definitely tell just because it, there were so many like tonal imbalances. It felt really messy at certain points, um, some pacing issues, and... Too, for me, just too many recycled plot beats from other Terminator age. films we've seen the before. Terminator was like, to kill me. like you mentioned, there's something to that happens the in the first two minutes joy. that yeah. um, some people really rubbed the wrong way, but I actually really appreciated that they took an ambitious, um, gutsy move like that. Uh, but I felt like that was about the only thing they did that was new and fresh and different. Um, you know, some people might compare this to The Force Awakens. Uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens okay. was like a rehash of Star Wars A New Hope. But for me, with The Force Awakens, new characters, um, new environments, uh, similar situations, but they were fresh enough that uh, you felt really engaged. But for this, it just felt uh, too, too paint by the numbers. Okay, so. okay. Hmm. I will say, the, um, I thought the sound design yeah. was, was well done. I yeah. mean, the camera knows how to do that well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the score uh, really Junkie. worked. Yeah. Uh, I thought having the score that was paying tribute to both one and two and doing it in, in a way that felt fresh that really worked well, for the, me the cgi was good cgi and i'll tell effects. you we were talking about de-aging technology on the irishman and, and gemini man a few weeks ago i th I, I thought it was stunning in that first scene oh linda, yeah, I did too, linda yeah. hamilton looked like she did 30 years I agree. ago yeah. i agree completely I, and and i thought that was spectacular yeah, yeah that was jaw dropping but but the film as a whole it's to me it's going to be one of those that I'm, I'm going to forget about as far as I'll have to go back and try to remind myself of the storyline. Mm. So um, C plus uh, is my rating on this. B. B. Yeah, C plus right okay. here as well. All right. Well, let's talk about Dolomite. 
We're going we're gonna to transition. We're going to talk about that. Eddie Should people Murphy. bring the kids in now to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for this one? Yeah, uh, yeah, this is not for the kids, and I mean kids below the age of 25. So Thomas uh, has not seen it? No, Thomas hasn't seen Dolomite is my name. But i got to say, Eddie Murphy is back, and Eddie Murphy is Better amazing. than ever. He's, he's <laughs> yes. great in it. That's the best role he's had in a long it is. time. Well, it since is. Dreamgirls, if you can even count right. that. Well, as I watched this, I could not help but think about Beverly Hills Cop, you know, Trading Places. Trading Places. You know, those kind of movies were, were, were 48 hours. I mean, the movies that were the R-rated Eddie Murphy films when mm -hmm. he was hot. Yep. And, and he just shined and you couldn't look away that's a guy that has so on. much talent he does except when it comes to picking scripts <laughs> he'll have something that's really great like the ones we've been talking about right. already and then we have pluto nash and we have norbit and all these other just awful films so it's 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 a treat to see him with a good script because you realize he's still got it yeah he still got it yeah. and you know for anybody that would write him off i say watch this movie oh of course if you're of age <laughs> it is it is based on a true story of this guy that was you call him almost a, a it was a 19 mid 1970s 75 Early 70s. uh yeah. was when you know he made it big and the guy's name um rudy ray moore rudy ray moore uh, he was a, uh, he, he claimed to be a stand-up comic, uh, a singer, and a performer, but he was really not very good at any of those things, but he still found a way to survive. Well, he came up with the Dolomite character, and that saved him in clubs, Absolutely. and he parlayed that into a and, film. And yet he, he self -produced. I'm, I'm not going to say he stole the Dolomite character, yeah. but he, he bought it off of some bums yeah. on the street. Yeah. He gave them some alcohol and yeah. other things to get them to tell their comedy stories yeah. and he ended up using those they came became incredibly successful on this kind of stand-up circuit and then he launched a career into to, well he did uh he did adult albums first yeah, yeah. which was those, a big deal then which was Red a real Fox big deal they were stamped others. and yeah. you had to you know had to be of age to be able Buy to listen the to counter. them yeah um red fox's earlier stuff you listen to that and you yeah. get that kind of sense mom's mabley yeah but then he launched into to film and when he launched into the film, he didn't know what he was doing. He just knew he wanted to take these things to the big screen. Sort of an Ed Wood quality about Absolutely. that part of it. Absolutely. And um, he didn't really set out to make a comedy, but it was so But he campy. went with it. He, he wasn't offended. When they were laughing, he, he knew he said, okay, it. I made a comedy. Absolutely. <laughs> it was campy, and it really It was worked. sweet, too. There was an innocence, considering the amount of profanity. There very little to no nudity, really. Right. Very little. Well, there were some. Uh, yeah. yeah, modest, though. Yeah. In, for the, anyway. <laughs> Okay, this is what you call modest. Exactly. But for the yeah, most Tim's part. Like, Tim's taking notes. He's like, where, what yeah. is this movie? Tim's going to know where you can see this. Right, It's on Netflix. You know? <laughs> Derek's really, Derek, you're really you, want Close to your ears, Derek. <laughs> uh, but aside from the profanity, it was a, a sweet movie. It was. Yeah. It really was. And based on a true story, it is available on Netflix. Uh, and it did get a limited screenings as well. But yeah. uh, if you like Eddie Murphy from, from those time periods, um, I would say check it out. It is uh, it is a different kind of film, yeah. and you walk away just kind of smiling. Yeah, you walk away kind of smiling. Uh, what was your rating for this? A. Yeah, I gave it an A as well. Yeah. It was just it was just uh, one that I think people are going to remember. And so Dolomite uh, is my name. Uh, Netflix original starring Eddie Murphy. Well, binge worthy. I just want to mention this. Uh, if you are a fan of the Jack Ryan series we're on season two or series two depending on what you want to right. look at right. uh, eight episodes i think for these originals for amazon and for netflix really captures enough 
And this is an Amazon, uh, Amazon original. Uh, John Krasinski stars in this. Michael Kelly, who uh, had a strong role on House of Cards. He's yeah. a face that everybody will recognize. Right. Uh, this is a solid second season, and I think it's even better than the first. And so uh, eight episodes, you could easily binge that, one and two, and then go through it if you like action, uh, if you like spycraft. Uh, this does a little bit of all of that, and it also throws in political intrigue, which happens in spy films anyway, but, or, or spy series. But a big, big fan of Jack Ryan. It, it's really good, yeah. and, and he's, you know, he's coming, uh, coming out in 2020 with the second ver the second. The sequel, A Quiet Place, A Quiet Part, Place two. Part Two. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm torn about that because I thought the first one was so perfect and, and captured it. But well, we'll he see. won't be in it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. We'll <see>. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> He's not going to be in it. Well, uh, we're going to wrap up the show with a quote of the week, as we always do. This comes from uh, Terminator Dark Fate. T eight hundred gave us this quote: "Without purpose, we have nothing, and um, without money." There is nothing going to be happening with the Terminator Dark Fate sequel. Ooh, so until next time, for Greg Tillman, Thomas Manning, uh, Tim Foster, and Jerry the Weasel, that is a wrap. <laughs>